0: As always, it's so good to be with you. How are we doing, church? It's good to see you. What a beautiful day it is. Did you enjoy this cool weather this week? Get ready, because this could going to be tough next week. anyway. But that's okay. We can handle it. Well, we had a, a really big week. School got off to a great start. Had over 700 children's school. Actually, St. Albert the Great the second largest school in the Archdiocese of Louisville. And it went smooth. You know, it went smooth uh, ever, you know, Larry Bruner, a business manager, usually he's, he's in a tizzy the first week of school, you know, particularly with buses. And, uh, so, but he was just all relaxed and it's like, well, what's going on, Larry? Don't y'all have school this week? And he said, yeah, everything's going just as cool as it can be. So, uh, you know, hats off to all those who make that possible. Another exciting thing is after this match today, the, uh, Deacon Mark gets the privilege of baptizing 13 children. Isn't that something? I told you he was going to do a million a year, so we're on our way. <laughs> All right, we're on our way. That's exciting, isn't it? Uh, another thing I, I found out, the picnic. Usually we our net before COVID, pre-COVID was $75,000, which is a substantial amount of money. Uh, After COVID now, uh, last year it was $85,000, which was tremendous. This year, $95,000. Isn't that something? You made that happen. I have to tell you this. There is a spirit of enthusiasm here at this parish that is just wonderful. It really is. Uh, I feel it. I hear people talking about it, and it's truly exciting. The optimism and enthusiasm here at St. Albert is nothing short of marvelous. And you're a part of that. Remember that. You make that happen. You make that happen. What a privilege and a joy it is to be a part of this family, and that's what we are. Well, uh, today's gospel reading it's a challenging one, isn't it? Some of the things that Jesus has to say, or at least it looks that way superficially, uh, you, you'd probably be wondering after, after reading it, if you just sort of glance over it, well, you would say, well, Jesus is having a bad day. Well, he's having a bad day. Uh, but, you know, Jesus didn't have bad days. So it really came, there's nothing in the uh, commentaries that says that's what it was, but we'll, we'll look at what it really was here in just a moment. But uh, a mother comes to Jesus, you know, pleading for her daughter. Mercy, she's sick. She's sick, and Jesus is quiet. He doesn't say anything. And uh, those, those good old disciples that were with him, well, they, they said, we're going to interpret that. You know, they didn't ask him what he meant by that. They're just going to interpret it. <clears throat> so they come up to Jesus, and they say, well, uh, Jesus, this doesn't look like you want her to be here. Why don't you tell her to go away and leave us alone? See, they were being religious. The apostles were see. They were on a retreat. They were outside the city of Tyre. They were on a retreat. It's like we're being religious. We don't want to be bothered with people's problems. You know that, that's insanity, isn't it? Of course. You know what Jesus say? Love God and love your neighbor, didn't he? If you look at the lives of the saints, the saints. What would the saints do? Even in prayer of ecstasy, they'd stop and say, "Okay, let's go. Let's go take care of this person's need." You know, sometimes we think we're, we're so spiritual, but really, it's, it's silly about what it is. And, and uh, so they're, they're, they're looking to Jesus to do that. And we also hear some other jolting remarks that we'll comment here on a second. But uh, what it leaves you with is a temptation to gloss it over, gloss the story over. Well, you know, it just, maybe, the, maybe they didn't write it down right. Well, if we don't have anything that shows that's what it was. Actually, if you dig just a little deeper, you find two stories. There's two stories in there. There's two threads that you can follow, and both of them have life-changing implications. So rather than zoning out because it's like, well, this really doesn't have anything to do with me uh, getting a good nap, why don't you just stop for a minute and uh, listen to what Jesus has to say and see if there are some things because really there are. There's some tremendous insights into all of us here about our lives and how God makes life a wonderful thing the first story is the easiest story to, to uh, identify and uh, here's what's going on the woman comes up she's not asking mercy for herself she's asking mercy for her daughter she loved her daughter and Jesus has to explain something to her now this we we don't relate to this because we're not in that period see we're after the cross this is before the cross and uh, Jesus was sent the reason he was sent was to first of all proclaim the good news of God's coming the Messiah to the Jewish people that was his first mission if you look at the first reading and the second reading both of them say that perfectly I mean uh, that's exactly what's going on. He has to he has to share it with them first. Does that mean he's going to withhold it from everybody else? Well, no, if he were, none of us would be here today. The place would be empty because <laughs> we're, we're in the other boat. <laughs> you know, I don't think there may be some Jewish people in here, but I doubt it. Uh, you know, there wouldn't be nobody here. Well, of course he loves you course he loves you that's that's a silly question you know uh but he has to he has to proclaim the message first he has to proclaim the message that to the to the lost sheep of Israel isn't that what he said they've got to eat what they want to eat now here's here's why it was important uh, when Jesus came when he appeared on the scene one of the things that he did it was sort of like a proclamation of it's an exciting time Good times are here, happy times are here, you know. And um, so, what what does God do when it's happy times? Well, there's nothing happier than for the Messiah to show up and bring you salvation. Can you think of anything greater than that? I can't. You know, there's nothing greater. So, what God's doing is it's happy time. So we're going to celebrate it. How are we going to celebrate? We're going to celebrate it with miracles. We're going to do all kinds of miracles. Because God's happy. This is, this is a season of joy, isn't it? And although uh, feeding people and healing people and raising them from the dead uh, were all kind and generous acts, the ultimate purpose was that the joy of the Lord would be realized, that God's on the scene now. You know, he's doing something. All of those prophecies out of the Old Testament are coming fulfilled. I, I really like what, the, Joel is really good. Joel the prophet, he, he really hits it. He says, Rejoice, old Israel. Sounds like happy times, doesn't it? He says, See how the mountains drip with new wine and the hills flow with milk. Happy time, isn't it? Well, what's he talking about? He's talking about the coming of the Messiah. And when the Messiah shows up, it's going to be a happy time. And God's going to pour out His grace. He's going to show the world all kinds of miracles because... He's pleased, and that's what Jesus was doing. That's exactly what he was doing. And uh, you know, these miracles—actually, if you add them up in the Gospel, there were thirty-six of them. He did. He did thirty-six. I'm sure he did more than that, but uh, there's there there's thirty-six of them. And um, what he's what he's doing is he's opening up for the coming of the Lord. And he, what he's saying is, well, these miracles, these types of miracles, are not really directly related to you yet, you know, yet. (laughs) Uh, They're they're related, they're not related to you yet, but they will be because salvation is for everybody, it's for everybody, it's open to everybody who will call upon his name, they will be saved, That's that's prompt assurance, isn't it? So being on the other side of the cross, we don't even think about such a thing. Well, I can understand that. It doesn't make a lot of sense some 2,000 years later. But you have to take it, you've got to put it in the context here to realize uh, he, wasn't having, he wasn't having a bad day. And, and after all, he loved dogs. You love your dog, you probably love your dog as much as your kids, right? I do mine. I got, a, I got a beautiful golden retriever. I, I love that dog. You think I'm going to say you don't get anything to eat? You know, when that dog comes up to the table when I'm eating, what he does, he sits right there. He sits in a, in a uh, sitting position. He looks at me with him big eyes, and the big smile on him says, feed me. Feed me. <laughs> yeah, like I'm going to say no. Well, I have to say no, because he's getting fat. I've been feeding him too much. i got to say no. Do I want to? No, I don't want to. I love that dog. I'd give him my food before I do. Don't you think Jesus did the same thing with Don't you think he loved that? Well, how do you know that? Well, look what he does. He heals her daughter, doesn't he? And um, that takes us into the second part of the story. You find The second part of the story is in what you might call the small details of things. But what you do is it teaches you, Jesus is teaching you, and particularly the woman, on how to tap into the vastness of God's mercy in your life. Anybody here need mercy today? Oh, we all need mercy, don't we? Mercy, mercy, mercy. Well, how do you tap into it? There is a way. I mean, it's not clear-cut because uh, we see it in the gospel. There, there were a group of people that day called the religious leaders. They didn't tap into God's mercy. Why? Well, they weren't humble. Uh, they didn't trust God. They demanded. You know, Jesus never did answered. He never did one thing they asked for. <laughs> but yeah, this woman is going to come up and he's going to do it. I mean, anytime time somebody comes, approaches Jesus with a spirit of humility and trust, what does he do? He heals it, doesn't he? He heals it. See, uh, that's God. God is mercy. God says, I will be merciful, and I'll be merciful to whoever I want to be merciful to. I'm God, okay? Remember that. And uh, so when he's in the presence of somebody that believes that God can do something, doesn't have a choice he really doesn't i mean it's not it's not a choice never seen jesus turn anybody away that didn't approach in that way see being merciful goes to the very core of who god is god is merciful uh the scriptures teach us that on every point and we see it in our own lives i mean god has to really be merciful for somebody like me uh you know and uh, but here, here she is crying out for mercy. Jesus responds. You know she gets his attention. Now, there's, a, there's only a few places in the scriptures. Two things. If you ever hear, if you read it, you need to stop and listen because it means something. One's called the double amen. Have you heard that in the scripture? Amen, amen, I say to you. When Jesus says that, he's serious. He said, you can take this to the bank. And the other one is this one, what he said. It's one letter, one word. He said it fewer than that many times in the gospel. You know what the word is? What is it? Oh, oh, woman, great is your faith. You ever said, oh, like you're driving down the road and you almost get hit. You said, oh my God, I almost got hit. You know? Oh, well, the same thing with Jesus. Boy, she got his attention. She got the attention of God. Oh, 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 woman, great is your faith. Well, he didn't have a choice at that point but to heal her. I mean, you know, he loved her. There's no doubt about it. Uh, He does it on other times. Look at the Roman centurion, the same thing. You know, Lord, will you heal my servant? yeah, I'll heal your servant. I'm a Roman. I'm not, I'm Greek. I'm not Jewish. I'll do it. Well, let's go do it. You don't have to do that. Lord, I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Just only say the word and I'll be healed. You ever heard that? We're going to do it just in a minute. It's the centurion. It's his profession of faith. Lord, I'm not worthy. Oh, great is your faith. Yeah, he's healed. He's healed. See, if you want to, mercy goes straight to the core of who God is. Always has, always will be. And that's why when we hear words in a story, if we get them out of context, it's says, like, well, that's not Jesus. Well, that's right, it's not. So God is merciful, goes to his core. So two things we see that are very important in the storehouse of mercy. First one is humility. You got to look at this woman. She was, she was awesome. She was an awesome woman, you know. All she did was she cared about her daughter, and, and uh, when Jesus the first retort, you know, the silent retort, her her retort is silence as well, you know. And then the second retort, hers hers is silence as well. All she could do is say, "Will you please help?" Doesn't that sound like humility? That's humbling yourself, isn't it? Oh, there's nothing like humility. Humility is one of the great marks of Christianity. Jesus shows us to that. She said, Lord, even the the dogs get the scrapes or crumbs. You know, that's true. Uh, You can, you know, you just feel that sense of humility. And when we approach him in that way, with that brokenness sometimes, he hears. He doesn't turn a deaf ear, never has, and he never will. Second thing is trust. Uh, She believed he could heal. You know, can't say so much for some of the others. But she did. She believed it. And uh, Jesus said, I'm going to heal you. Yeah, I'll heal you. I'll heal your daughter. Let's go. Oh, no, Lord, you don't have to go. I know you can do it. All you got to do is say the word. See, what she do? She trusted him. She had faith in him. Oh, woman, great is your faith, and it's done. And it says when she gets back to the house and the daughter is healed, she says, when did it happen? And and they say, well, it happened at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. You know, that's exactly when Jesus said your daughter's going to be healed. Same thing happens with the Roman centurion. This is good stuff, isn't it? Church, this is good stuff. This is great stuff. But maybe there is a lot more. We can learn more about mercy. Do you need mercy today? That's the real question. Do you need it? I need it. Well, if you need it, I want you to repeat this with me. Lord, have mercy. mercy. Christ, have have mercy. Lord, have mercy. May God have mercy on us all.